Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Today on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we will be discussing why great sales leaders can also be great coaches. Our special guest today is Mike Gerard, who is an experienced vice president of sales and chief revenue officer in the technology and healthcare IT field. He's with ASO Health. He's a former vice president or senior vice president of a multi-million dollar IT services firm and one of Cisco's largest partners in the Southeast. Mike, welcome to the Twins Talking Up program. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Danny. This is Danny. So from time to time, you'll hear David or I speak, but we'll also make sure that we introduce ourselves so that you're not confused in the audience. One of the things I love about uh, my relationship with Mike is we go way back. We always talk about football. As Mike knows, I coached high school football for five years and college for one year. And uh, if I continued to coach college, my wife would have divorced me. That's, that's what she told me. Um, but one of the things we always talk about is football and how great football is. And today, I thought there are two things we want to bring up. One of the best college football coaches that has ever coached the game and one of the best programs ever. And why we believe that together it's been a great fit. And then bringing Mike on also allows me to share with the audience one of the great sell, greatest sales leaders I've ever met and the things that he's done with his company and his past company and his current company and why that has been a great fit as well. So Mike, really excited about having you on board, really excited about you sharing your knowledge and wisdom about being a great sales leader, providing great coaching to your leadership team and how that also translates not only in the field for coaching for football, but also in the boardroom. So really excited to have you on board. Thank you very much. And I, I made sure today that I wore the Alabama polo shirt here uh, because of our passion for Alabama. So uh, that's great. I'm happy to be here. It's good to see you guys. And uh, I love talking about this stuff. Um, we're going to get into a little bit uh, about coaching and the importance of coaching. And uh, Nick Saban's one of the best. So uh, I look forward to this time together. What, this is Danny again. We're going to go through some quotes from Nick Saban, and I think that Mike is going to really uh, be able to relate to that. But there was a study that was done by Neil Rackham, and he agreed on one thing. He said, look, there, if there's no coaching and no reinforcement act activity, there's a drop-off of 87% of the knowledge mm -hmm. acquired. So you know we all bring new hires in. We take them through the whole corporate training structure, what to say, how to say it, when you're on a call with a client, what you should do. But what happens is when there's no continuous coaching, there's an 87% drop off, which means the revenue has dropped off. And as a sales leader myself, who's led global sales team, I tell you that when I call a forecast, I call a specific number to be hit. I am calling my people every week to make sure that they're doing every single task to make sure they're hitting every KPI because I want to get my bonus. And I tell you, coaches do the same thing. They make sure that all the players are doing the right play, they're in the right position, they're in the right portion of the field that's supposed to be on they're calling the right plays 
And so you and I can relate, Mike, when it comes to leading a team, when it comes to Coach Saban coaching uh, his team, they, they all have to follow the same discipline place. Mm -hmm. It's one of the main reasons why I like to target uh, former athletes is they understand. I mean, there's so many uh, similarities between sales and sports in general. Mm -hmm. And so not necessarily, I mean, you find in, in athletes, it's a, a pretty easy trait to find, but you can be competitive and not be in athletics uh, also. But someone who's really passionate about something and they understand um, that it takes a, a sacrifice to achieve. Um, and he who's willing to sacrifice a little bit more than the next, um, that, that's who's going to win. And so um, they get that. And so, uh, you, you know, we talk about Nick Saban. He talks about the process a lot. That sounds awfully boring. But, uh, you know, in sales terminology, that's grinding, man. That's doing the job consistently. So, uh, yeah. I love it, Mike. This is David. And I will say for the sake of our audience, they might be hearing a passionate, biased Alabama SEC fan, but I'm a big, big Ohio State fan. So I love that we can have this conversation, but we do agree on one thing, that coaching is fundamental for success. And you've done this throughout your career with the teams that you've led. And even Dan, I've discussed how research and studies has gone into implementing coaching for corporations and organizations that it actually increases the effectiveness of the sales reps. And we've seen increases in performance around 20% when they've implemented this model. So I want to ask you, when it comes to your coaching, what have you seen over the years and why is it so important for you to implement coaching for the leaders that you're leading? I just think, look, if you're passionate about something and knowledgeable about something, um, the best leaders look at it as, hey, I want you to be with me and then see things the way I see it. I mean, the best salespeople, literally, it's about belief. They believe in what they're selling and they can explain to people the logic they used to come to that you know, compelling conclusion. And so um, anyway, I, I think there's a, a whole way to think about coaching. And I think there's a whole way to uh, do it. That's just innate in a leader. And it happens all the time in sports. And that's why I keep coming back to athletes and will continue to, because you see it on the field. There's a coach on the sidelines and a practice and all that stuff, making sure that things are done right. But when you get on the field, the coach has way less impact and the players are holding each other accountable. So that's what's so cool about that. It's, it's innate in what we should be doing, uh, particularly in sales, but in other parts of the organization also. I love that. This, that's nice. This is Danny. You're absolutely right. When you're giving out a play, and there's so many times I, I call out a play, and the, it's really up to the individual players on the field to hold each other accountable we, we have a little mini coach on the field, as you guys, you know, whether on the offensive or defensive side of the ball, who's making sure everyone is in alignment, everyone does their part. And I think when you look at the sales, the sales role, uh, being a former SVP of sales and a former CRO, um, you have your leadership team, you have your offensive coordinators, for example, you have your defensive coordinators, you have your special teams coordinators, and they, of course, have their positional players. You're calling out your plays, you're, you're really trusting that everybody out there is doing their part and holding each other accountable, making sure they're doing their portion so that as a team, you're all hitting your numbers, you're all gonna make sure you hit that goal. Is that correct, Mike? 
You know, Danny, uh, it's, I don't know if you realized you did it, but you used the word trust. And it is at the fundamental level of any authentic relationship that you have. And it, it's, it stands true in sports. It stands true in, in sales. And so uh, one of the books that I recommend to all sales leaders is Five Dysfunctions of a Team by, uh, by Lencioni. And he talks about building trust first, and then that leads to a foundation for passionate debate. Once you have passionate debate, you can get commitment, right? These are all things that athletes are really used to. And once you get commitment, then you can hold people accountable. And when you hold people accountable, right? I know we're going to get to a point where I'm going to talk about a cadence of leadership and training, right? Mm. But once you get all that, man, that's when you can focus on results. But it all starts with trust. What you just said is a head coach go, goes to their assistant coach and goes, I know that me and that guy are on the same page. I can put a check in that box and then and go over here. Yeah. That all starts with that capital T. Mike, this is David. I appreciate what you guys are sharing. And uh, I have to be honest, I've never really coached football, but I do understand team sports. I've coached soccer. I've coached baseball. I coached tennis. You, you name it, basketball. But along all of those lines, as you said, there's an element of trust. And there's, in so many ways, trusting that every single person in that coaching staff, on that coaching staff, will carry out that shared vision. In looking at your company and looking at organizations, is it possible to tailor this vision for each and every one of your sales reps? Or how do you go about making sure that you're giving them the very best tools, support, direction that they need to be successful? Because I've got to imagine that even at your level, you've got to train and coach in different ways to get the best results. Is that right? Yeah, and there's a balance between customization and scale and all of those things and costs. Um, but if you um, if you just anchor it to like some sort of a style assessment, I prefer DISC. It's just what I learned early on, right? Yeah. And so if you have people on your team take a style assessment like a DISC style assessment, then you get to understand uh, the type, the motivators of the of the people on your team and things like this. So I think you can customize your approach to how you coach, but the framework itself is pretty standard. That's how you can scale it. So you allow people enough flexibility to add their own style and flair to it, but you're getting the same stuff <laughs> done at the, the foundation of the framework. So um, that, that's how we've, we've always done it. And that's worked fairly well. This is a this is really hard to do if you're trying to, not everyone's motivated the same way. That's a great point. This is Dave again. And I know for Dan and I, we had recently on one of our programs, the CEO and president of Sandler training. And we've had another coach on, we've talked about different assessment tools, including disc. And even though Dan and I are genetically the same, we're identical twins. We're not exactly aligned and motivated the same way. I'm definitely a high D and I, and he's, I believe, a D and an N, if I'm correct. So we are motivated a little differently. So I do appreciate you saying that it's important to know your team. And when I've coached sports before, knowing the players, knowing those athletes, what they can do and push them to that, literally to that level, they start to think to themselves, I could do even more because of the belief that's behind me, because of the trust of my teammates. I could take that chance of getting that gap and making sure that my teammates behind me and they understand that. So I'm glad you were able to put that in and share that. 
But I've got to ask just a little curiosity about people you're training and when you think about coaching. You know, not everybody can go from the playing field and go into direct, uh, directly to coaching. Sometimes yeah. you're going to need a little bit of help and a little bit of support to identify, can those guys coach? In other words, the best sales leaders aren't necessarily the best coaches. So what do you do when you identify somebody that you know as a rock star, but then you see potential in their ability to coach other leaders? How do you help them to get to that point where they're competent enough, they're effective and successful in that new role? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, Finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. The answer is is really logic. I mean, it comes in, I call it taking inventory. Um, you could do, call it what you wish, you know, goal setting, planning. If you go through the what, why, how type of an approach to anything that you're going to do as a team, whether it be in business or on the playing field, you establish what you want to, I mean, when obviously, but we work in fiscal years. So what are you going to accomplish over the next year? What is it? Why is it important? And how are we going to get it done? And uh, if you go about it that way, in a collaborative fashion, if you can't have people buying in and just naturally encouraging and helping and all of those things you want to see in a team, maybe you got to look whether you have the right team member. So, you know, um, I think it, 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 you strongly encouraged all, all those words like that. It is, it has to be part of the culture. And when it's part of the culture, people kind of get voted off the island if they don't try 
and coach and help and all that. And we got to be careful as salespeople because many of us are selfish by nature. Yep. This is Dan. I want to, I want to jump in, Dave. I think you're, you're hogging the conversation. So I'm going to jump in real quick. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that um, you said was really crucial and I absolutely agree with you. And this is why when we look at coach Saban year in and year out, all of his coordinators, coaches, his analysts, position coaches, they, they leave and go take full-time coaching positions somewhere else around the country. But no matter what happens, no matter how many times you have places off as a coordinator, whether it be Kiffin or, or you know, Sarka that's now at University of Texas, it's still a winning formula because he has built a system, built a process. As you stated, everybody's all in. They're all about doing and following the right program. And this is what Coach Shaven had to say, one of his quotes. He said, look, eliminate the clutter and all the things that are going on outside. Focus on the things that you can control and how you go about and take care of your business. Take the other team out of the game and make everything about you and what you do. So he has a system. He has a process. He's like, look, I don't care what other people are doing, what they're saying, what's going on. You're going to do it the Alabama way. You're going to follow my system, my way. And it's be my methodology. If you don't like it, you can leave. And no one may say, hey, it's going to take two years, three years. I'm a new coach. Take three years to turn around a program. He's like, look, I don't care if it's a new coordinator. I don't care if it's a new assistant. I don't care if it's a new quarterback. Heck, I got three quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And I'm assuming when you lead your sales team, because you use the logic, you use your disc assessment, Mike, you know what each individual can and cannot do. But also, you know your system. You've been very successful. I mean, heck, you grew an organization that was acquired by another big multi-million dollar company, uh, let's say a couple hundred million dollars. And yet, here you are, chugging along, keep plugging along. It doesn't matter who the sales reps are. It doesn't matter who the leadership team members are. You're still making it happen. So I look at you and the way you grew your sales team in the similar way that Coach Saban does with his national championship teams. What are your thoughts on that, Mike? So funny, man. I was just kind of listening to you go through the quote and like, like intertwined in every word is this can do attitude. And, uh, you know, there's one thing I can't stand as, uh, even personally is somebody who's negative. You don't have to be like a, you know, happy ass type person, but at least talk about what can be done. Nothing great has ever happened talking about what can't be done. And so what's so awesome about that quote is it's very positive. It's like, hey, I'm not telling you everything's great. I'm telling you, if we all stick to this and we all talk about what we can do from here and can do next and can do after that, you start to feel the momentum go in that direction. Right. And uh, the, the people who don't get on board, they, they weed themselves out pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, this is David. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you from your coaching uh, let's say style, uh, is there a way that you could share with our audience some of the benefits you've seen in coaching? Do you look at some of your rock stars, the guys that are really thriving and say, I don't really need to do much with them, but we all know that there are parts of our leaders that are type A personalities. They want to take over the world too. So sometimes you just got to guide them back because they can go off tangent. But what are some of the strategies and what are some of the things that you do to make sure that your coaching is effective and you're not just looking at the numbers? Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Numbers are like a lagging indicator, right? They're the outcomes 
of the actual beauty of the work that we're talking about, the coaching and the grinding and all that stuff. So numbers really, they're just lagging. And so you got to get um, uh, early indicators. So um, generally, I just look for, um, repeat the question one more time, David. I want to make sure I get it right. It's more about asking what your strategies are or your approach to coaching your different sales teams. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Um, I tackle the middle third. Um, The top third I am involved with at a higher level and maybe have the um, immediate manager more involved in the top third. I'm after the middle third. And the reason and I spend 50% of my time with the middle third is I'm trying to find out who can be rock star hmm. and fuel that. And I'm trying to find out the other ones that we probably need to get our performance improvement plan and, and all of all of those things. So I like to personally spend my coaching time in that middle third. Um, and I think that gives you the, the highest return. You can find rock stars in that middle third. I think too many sales managers, too many coaches, can, can find it easy to spend time with the rock stars because they're, they see a lot of similarities there rather than, you know, polishing off that, that, that piece of coal and, and realizing there's a, there's a diamond in there. Mike, uh, can I, can I ask you to dig a little deeper here with this, with this follow-up? This is David, by the way, with coaching, we're talking about the coaching of these incredible athletes mm-hmm. and they're hungry. They've got an expectation to want to be the best they already think to themselves, I'm coming to the best program in the country, although I debate that. And yet <laughs> you still have to guide these young men to doing the right thing. So when you look at your company and you look at organizations, you know, you're doing the same thing. You're focusing on some of the fundamentals. So when we think about fundamentals and fundamentals that become habit, that become a mindset, as you talk about the company culture, what are some of the fundamentals you're actually coaching on when it comes to that third level, that middle third you're talking about? To me, it's the word cadence. Mm -hmm. Like I find the middle third, if they could just, it's like, uh, I hate to use too many analogies, but it's almost just like sharpening that saw. They just got to have little doses over and over and over again. And it's amazing. Um, And so I can create and do create um, areas for them to dedicate time to shadowing, dedicate time to listening to one of the best, you know, sales performers on the phone in a difficult conversation. Um, invaluable time. We start every meeting with uh, just randomly picking a team member and saying, give us a lesson learned in your life, personal or professional, of how you screwed something up or somebody did. <laughs> and you'll never do that again. Walk us through that. And um, it's just, you just, you got to create a culture of sharing best practices, you know, things like that. I mean, we learn the most by making mistakes. And um, I noticed the older we get, uh, the more apt we are to go to someone and go, you know, I'm about to make this decision. The best thing for me to do is to go to talk some talk to somebody who specializes in this and then do whatever they tell me to do, basically. <laughs> yep. 
That's because they've been doing it over and, over and over and over and over. Yeah. Definitely, definitely agree with you on that. That when you said that, it reminded me of um, how, as a coach, I would call a play. And sometimes we see things that players may not be able to see, right? So right now we see that uh, a safety looks like he might be cheating. Uh, so I'm not going to get into all of that, but basically we hope that the quarterback um, can relay our message to the team and call it audible. But one of the great things about having a huddle, sometimes you just got to get everyone together. Hey, 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 give it, get your head in the game. Get, hey, get your head in the game. Focus. And people think, oh, huddle is just about calling out plays and, and all that. No, it's, it's also getting the mindset ready of all your players. We're going to go do this play right now. And this play is going to work. Why? Because we practice it a thousand times in practice so much. You guys hate me because we keep practicing over and over again. I know that when you just said earlier, sometimes you get the group together and you may have your top sales rep uh, say something, do something and everyone else understands it. Is, would that, is that something you would call your typical sales leadership huddle, for example, that you're getting your team together, getting their mindset focused, having them watch it or listen to a play so that they can go out and repeat it? Is that what you would consider a similar type of process? Very similar. Um, we have two standing meetings every week and they're about 30 minutes a piece. We call them revenue team meetings, but one is focused a little bit more on numbers and opportunities. The other one is focused more on, quite frankly, training and coaching, where we might do a, we call it CIs, so continuous improvement um, situations to where we'll basically dissect a lost deal. We'll dissect a one deal. We'll dissect, we'll just say, hey, everyone go around and tell us something new you learned about your customer today and what they hate and what they love and what they appreciate. Uh, and we will we'll just brainstorm on things and say, Hey, what's the most insightful question we can ask our customers that can give us information to better serve them. And then just go for a week and do it while we're on the phone. Hey, well, I got you. It is amazing what you learn. And then it, it creates a collaborative environment. So all of a sudden everyone's coaching everybody. It's great. Mike, this is David. I'm, I'm digging it. I really am. And it's, it's amazing because even if you are on the opposite side of the ball, what you see day in and day out of practice, what you see in the game, you can actually translate that to your team member who's on the other side of the ball. You can say, hey, look for these tendencies. I played that guy last year. Or I know that coach from this situation. And you're helping each other out. So I love that you do that. You create these scenarios and you ask the members of your team, because that's what they are, your team to share what they're seeing, what they're learning. And that's so powerful. So you make a point here that I want to bring up because this is where I focus as a president of my company, DSB Leadership Group. I come in, I provide organizational training and I do coaching as well, one-on-one -on -one with these top C-suite executives. But the question I have is budgeting. Is this an item that should be budgeted for organizations much like anything else, whether it's team building, marketing, or how should organizations go about this? Let's say if they aren't a very large organization, how should they look at implementing coaching, whether bringing somebody in or doing it internally? What's your thought on budgeting and setting aside a specific resource for this? Uh, it's a must. Uh, if, if you believe, if you're listening to this podcast and you believe in what we're discussing, and then you have to put it in the budget just like you would travel and entertainment, just like you would uh, travel expenses. It's going to happen. It's a necessary part of the business. And if you believe in building a culture that scales and people who can make decisions on their own and are empowered and are passionate and all of those things, the only way to do it 
is to invest time and resources into it. And so you can make it whatever it is. I love listening to leaders and companies that have, they usually have a framework of some kind that is not flexible, but inside the framework is flexibilities for customization. And um, yeah, it needs to be budgeted. And I think you'd surprise yourself if you really take a rigid stance and approach to this, you'll find yourself spending a little bit more money on this than you might think, but the outcomes are unbelievable because you have authenticity on the team, which we often miss in business. This is Danny. Um, Mike, I, I, I love how you, you uh, as a sales leader, you stated how training is very important. You talked about CI. And when I think about spending the money, when you think about spending a little bit of money on coaching your sales reps, they're now more what I call equipped to do the job. They go and hit their quotas. Everybody hits their quotas. Everyone hits the multipliers. Everyone's happy. The corporation is happy because now the stockholders are happy. Everyone's excited. But it took a little bit of investment. When I think about Coach Saban, he's the highest paid coach in college football today. In fact, if you look at state employees, typically the football coach for each state is the highest paid employee for that state, right? So for, for the university system, I mean. So he's getting paid over $10 million a year. You got other coaches making $400,000 a year, some making $2 million a year, and they're thinking, well, that's amazing. But he's making over $10 million a year. And Jimbo Fitcher just got his promotion. But you know what? He's producing and hitting the numbers more than anyone else to where the multipliers are coming into effect. So I, I bring this up because you talked about investing in training, but also when you have great leaders on your team, Mike, I'm assuming you're not afraid to invest in them in that way as well. Uh, not at all. Um, passion and all of those things. There's a reason why, you know, while we're staying on the uh, sports analogies, there's a reason why sports teams, you know, get three extra points or whatever the case may be for being the home team. There is nothing different about that field home or away hmm. so the psyche and everything like that people need to feel appreciated they need to feel like they're growing they need to feel like they're contributing and then it's a leader's job to make sure they feel heard mm -hmm. and even if if you're taking the advice and running with it that you do something with it if you're not doing something with it then you're putting it in a parking lot it might not be the right time it might be a wonderful idea just the timing's wrong or there's three bigger priorities but making every one feel like they're contributing and making sure everyone does. I think it's critical, man. It's, it's the difference between being on your home field or being away. Home field advantage. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. There is certainly a home field advantage and there's nothing like playing the horseshoe, right? So uh, a couple of thoughts here. I have, <laughs> I'm having fun taking jabs at Mike here. And part of it is Thank you. I understand, appreciate the sport itself. I'm a college football nut. And you got to really have incredible respect. And, and matter of fact, we talk about Nick Saban. Nick Saban actually said this of Ohio State. He said Ohio State has always had great tradition, had great tradition in terms of the success that they continue to have on the field. So that's great recognizing great. Okay. Now we know that Saban's perhaps the greatest college football coach, period. And it's proven year in and year out. It doesn't matter who's there, it, they're interchangeable parts. But what it says, is that he coaches them up to an expectation. And great coaching will not let you 
go below that expectation. And I, I've been told in my life, and I've been coached in different areas when I played tennis and I played baseball, one of the coaches that shared something with me that I will always remember is, David, if my expectation is greater than yours, you're in the wrong sport. Mm. And I love that coaches can push you, but you have to somehow internally believe. So I've got to think that there comes to a point where there is diminishing returns. You get to a point you realize that person has to be put on that improvement plan or that person needs to have a different motivation to help them get where they got to go. So from your experience, um, I would think that if you find the right type of players for those positions, you're going to see rock stars all the time, mm. but there may come an opportunity for someone who's maybe that shining star, someone who's been hiding in that corner that you guys say, no, no, this is where you belong. It's time for you to get into a game. Uh, do you have any stories or, or maybe you could share from your experience of working with your teams of somebody that may have been the, the rookie or the new guy that came into the scene, or maybe the, the new professional that got on board and they all of a sudden through the right amount of coaching, became that rock star, became that Heisman Trophy winner? Yeah, I can think of a lot of them. And, uh, you know, the first word that comes to my mind when I picture, you know, turnaround stories or the light bulb going off or whatever the case may be, the words belief nice. uh, and, and humility. So um, if you start with hiring the right human beings, um, now you may, we call, um, at our my current company, we, quickly try to identify everyone's we call it superpower so in other words what are you a rock star at because we'll just ask you to do that as much as humanly possible while you work here and if you're weak at something well we'll hire someone who has a superpower in doing that and and that's how that'll work and so um you know we've had some really strong leaders especially through acquisitions um anyone that's gone through MA, if you look at it as an opportunity instead of a competition you can have a lot you can learn a lot from leaders of the company you're merging with and we we had one when we were uh, at my previous company where we had some really unique leadership styles and i learned a lot about the human side of leadership mm-hmm. from those guys they were really about a lot of the stuff we talked about today and so yeah strong leadership um, that get in the trenches. There's only two ways to establish trust, and that's being vulnerable or sharing a foxhole. And so, leaders that do that, both either one, they're the best, and they do have turnaround stories. But look, you got to make decisions. If you're clear and communicate, and that's why I believe in one-on-ones, at least monthly, is if you're firing someone and it's a shock to them, shame on that leader. Yeah. You know. So part of being a leader is um, delivering tough conversations in, in a very um, genuine way. So that even uh, for me, when I was uh, playing sports and I played football, when we were both very, very young. And there was a time I blew a play. I messed up the play so bad and I wanted to beat myself up. And the coach knew that about me at the time. I was kind of fragile, probably psyche. He said, Dave, look, here's what's going to happen you're not going to mess that play up again because I know that you understand the value of making that happen. And I don't recall ever messing up that play again, right? Because I appreciated the fact that he believed in me. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. 
For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jacobitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. I wanted to ask, in terms of the turnarounds, I could hear you do, you, you literally, as you're speaking, I could hear multiple successful stories through the people you've coached. And I, I think that's got to probably bring the greatest sense of joy of what you're doing as a sales leader and as a director right now. Um, but what about those players? We're, we're talking about like players as if it's um, uh, team members here on the team. What about those players that you mentioned that are easily identifiable as rock stars? Uh, do you ever have to find yourself kind of pulling back on the reins and tell them to slow down a little bit here? that they might have actually missed your message instead of conquering the world. They needed to maybe conquer a segment of that, of that uh, empire first. Uh, how do you handle or how do you support leaders that are like that? Because you don't want to squash them because they're there, they're driven, they want to do great things. But how do you sometimes maybe pull back the reins a little bit and make sure that they understand that it's still a team sport? Yeah, so you got into a couple of things there. One, it being a team sport and the other, you know, a headstrong, let's go get this done win at all costs type mentality. Um, and you can, I can deal with both. Um, the rock star that is not a team player is the more difficult one to, if you don't have humility where you believe that you can learn and you're part of something greater than yourself, you got to screen that out in the beginning. I think we've all hired rock stars that are poison. They don't work out long-term. They don't. Um, so, um, hopefully we're screening rock stars, uh, that come in and when they're diamonds in the rough and they're not rock stars, like I interviewed a guy that referred to himself in the third person and I'm like, look, man, <laughs> this ain't going to work out. So, um, yeah. And so those are the worst kind, um, uh, that I, that I can think of their, their poison to the team. This is Danny. I wanted to um, make sure that as we're, we're talking about the correlating between leading sales teams and coaching a football program, it's really all about that big, maybe motivational speak, right? You have the speech in the morning, uh, right before the game, you have the speech at halftime. And then right there, you're about to say, hey, guys, let's bring, let's bring it home. Let's make it happen. Uh, Mike, I'm not going to ask you to, to tell our audience your speech, but um, what, what is it like when you have your group together? Do you, do you give a speech or do you do a, a special talk to try to help get people to just really bring it home to close out that quarter? 
uh, what is it that you do to get the team all fired up and hurrah and ready to go just to make sure they, they close it out? What, what, what do you do? So I try to have fun. Um, if you were just to randomly drop in on my meetings, sometimes they're ultra serious and other times, probably at the most, uh, at the most unexpected times, mm -hmm. I try to loosen up. So when everyone else is tight and we're pressing on a number or something like that, I might get on our revenue call and be playing some sort of like rock music in the background and, and just flexing, you know, in the video camera and being like, come on, guys, we've only got two days left. And so to me, it's a, uh, it's not raw, raw. It's really just can do, man. It's like, yeah, okay, this is great. This sucks, whatever. But what's the next best thing we can do? And let's just go focus on that and let the chips fall where they may. And so leaders just have to be passionate. And um, if your team would almost like, not kill for you, but you know what I mean? If they'd be like, I'd do anything for that guy, then that Under means you're walking the walk, man. But you gotta do it. If you're just gonna run your mouth, that get they see through that very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to ask this uh, before we close out, Mike, uh, I would like you to tell the audience a little bit more about your current role now, because I find it very fascinating what you're doing today and how that's really going to be better for the average consumer going forward when it comes to their health. Uh, you and I have known each other, background technology, background Cisco and everything else, but I found that, that this new area to be very unique and promising for the future and actually can provide better service for individuals to get their needs met sooner than later. So can you tell our audience a little bit more about your new organization, what you're working on, and really why this is going to be a great opportunity for everybody here in America to move forward with their health? Yeah, we're about to come into an unprecedented, unprecedented time in healthcare, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. What we do at Aesto Health is we do electronic medical record system conversions. And so there's probably 400 different uh, electronic medical record companies out there. And so there's a lot of consolidation in that marketplace. And when you're leaving one, they want to grab their records and either import it into another one or keep it in an archive. So we help um, practices that are being rolled up or just changing EMRs in order to do that smoothly. And we started to do some cool stuff because we basically extract data from EMRs and then reformat it for the customer's use. We started doing pro forma extractions and formatting because the roll-ups going on in uh, physician-owned practices right now are, it's insane, the PE money. Um, so that's, um, that's been fun uh, doing that. And the, the change I think that's abound in healthcare is um, who owns the patient record. Yeah. So the, the issue right now is that the doctor or you know the practice owns that patient record. Now you have rights to it, but owns the, the patient record that's on their system. So if you can right. picture this, you have a little bit of your patient record scattered across all kinds of doctor systems. And if you've ever tried to take a test from one doctor to show another one, it, it's a nightmare. Other countries aren't like that. And so there's a lot of reasons why we are like that right now, but it's changing to where the patient can own their record. There's big right. data analytics and some standards. You, you'd laugh at the lack of 
IT standards um, in healthcare right now. But we can do this to where you own your patient record from the time that you're born through your whole life, and you can choose who to supply that to and who not to supply that to for your care. Think about the big data analytics involved. If you've got a, uh, an algorithm running against this, and then Danny goes to the doctor and a test comes back a certain way, and the analytics say, hey, based on the hundreds of millions of people with this same exact diagnosis, here's the probability that Danny has this or that. And so uh, I think that's great. I think that will create a situation for our um, um, primary care physicians. Uh, they won't have to be quite as qualified. I like that idea of owning, owning your record. I love that. I, I, I don't like going to different places, uh, specifically when we relocated from Seattle to Austin and basically have to start the whole process all over again. Who I, who I am, filling out 30,000 pages of paperwork. I just wish they could take it and just follow me everywhere I go uh, because it's, it's my it's my records, it's my healthcare, it's my data. But also you brought us something unique, the ability to take a test result and then compile it against other individuals to state what the probability may be for my health in the future, what I need to change now, what I need to do now to make sure I have that ultimate health in the future. I really think that's fantastic and that's phenomenal. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what vertical you're in, what field you're in, everybody needs IT. So that audience, remember, no matter where you go, you're gonna need IT. Uh, before we close out, I just wanna say that Coach Saban, even though uh, Mike, loves Coach Saban, loves Alabama, and I know my brother loves Ohio State and the Buckeyes. Uh, I think that this quote here really sums up what it really means to be a great coach and a great sales leader. Coach Saban says, the process of repeating as a national champion requires more attention. It can't be about trying to prove something because you've already done that. It needs to be about, do you want to be the best you can be? Are you driven to be the best player you can be? Are you driven to have intensity, the seas of urgency, the intelligence? Are you going to work to do the things you need to do to be your absolute best? And that's not normal. Everyone thinks it's normal, but it's not normal. Mike, when I think about your leadership style and even the people that you've led, and you talk about, man, you want to hire great people and you know it by logic, you do the disc assessment, and you hire all these amazing individuals. And we know that each of these individuals you hire have to have fire on their own. They have to have the drive to be great on their own. They have to have that drive to want to be the best. Yes, you come in and in there, you're coaching them, you're providing a little bit of guidance. But even if you didn't do that, they have that innate ability, the desire to want to be the best. And I believe that over the years, being at SVP, CRO, all these different organizations, and, and actually being able to have one of the premier partners, go-to partners for one of the largest global networking firms in the world and growing that practice in Southeast US and making it very profitable. It only talks a lot about you as a coach as well, as a great sales leader. So Mike, on behalf of David and myself on the Twins Talking Up podcast, we wanna thank you for showing up. We wanna thank you for coming here, for caring, for sharing with our audience a little bit about yourself, about how you are a great sales leader, how you're a great coach as well. And we know that at the end of the day, I just don't see any team beating Alabama this year. I just want to throw it out there. I just don't see it. I don't see it. 
The number one, the number one team has done a great job. The number two team, Dave, I'm sorry. They struggled. They just struggled a little bit this year to win this, this last week. So Mike, I know your faith in Alabama to be able to be a great championship team year in, year out goes as coincides with your character of being a great sales leader. And I know that going forward, one way or the other, you're going to, you're going to bleed and you're going to say roll tide. I was just going to say roll tide. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have you on, Mike. I look forward to this long season to seeing how things unfold and end up, but it's clear, like Dan said, that you've led your organization in such an incredible way that you have leaders that follow you because you have the right mindset, not only as a sales leader, but as a great coach. So thank you for coming on and sharing that with our audience, Mike. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.